Hello and welcome to Cage Club. Two fans over 100 movies, one cage. This is episode 117, Butcher's Crossing from 2023. I'm Mike Manzi. And I'm Joey Lewandowski. And Mike, this is, I was looking up, this is our sixth Cage film this year. No way. We have another one coming in about a month. Wow. This is our second in two weeks. That's so right. So we had The Old Way in January. We had Renfield in April. We have The Flash as a bonus in August. Mm-hmm. Sympathy for the Devil in September. Oh, yeah. Last week, we had The Retirement Plan. Now mm-hmm. we have Butcher's Crossing. Yes. And in a month, we have Dream Scenario. Once wow. again, it's cra- It's crazy. What a what a s- scope to like really like all lots of different movies. Although we started with the Western and now we're here with another Western. Mm-hmm. And Joey, if I may just say, way more the type of Western that I wanted than the last one. Uh-huh. Hulk, yeah. This is the best Cage movie this year so far, I mm-hmm. think. I think you know, so. I think he was better in, I mean, Renfield is, we talked about Renfield. Like, yeah. I yeah. did not love that movie. I think he's yeah. great in it. Yeah, he's a great Dracula. He's a great Superman, obviously. But mm-hmm. overall, like of the six movies, I mean, okay. I like The Flash more than this movie, but The Flash is not a cage. You know what I mean? Right, like right, that's, right. Yeah, but as a movie. as like, if you're like, what cage movie from this year should I watch? Yes. Not having seen Dream Scenario yet. Right. Easily this one. Easily. And and if you're wondering if I can only watch one cage Western this year, which one or am I going to watch? one cage Western ever, because he's only done two now, right? They're both this year. But so. how funny that like, I've been wanting one so bad and now we got two. And the first one I was like, oh, I'll take it. But like this one, I was like, yes, like this is way more of what I wanted, like, I really like this movie. This was a good one. So this movie is out in earnest, I believe, on Friday, October 20th. We got a screener link, which was very exciting. Thank you very much. If other people out there want to give us early access to Cage movies or any movie, you know, we have a bunch of different shows on the network. Do that thing, please. You can email mailbag at cageclub.me. We'll get it. Um, So Butcher's Crossing, if you don't know what it is, I believe it's in theaters this weekend, but I don't know for sure. We'll, you know, we'll add stuff to the episode description as we get it. An Ivy League dropout travels to the Colorado wilderness where he joins a team of buffalo hunters on a journey that puts his life and sanity at risk based on the highly acclaimed novel by John Williams. Oh, okay. I didn't, I I can get that now, but yeah. Cool. So it was directed and written by this guy, Gabe Polsky. He wrote and directed a documentary called Red Army, which is about the USSR hockey team, which I, I didn't oh. see, but I remember hearing about was really cool. good. Of note to us, he produced Bad Lieutenant Port of Call, New Orleans. Oh, wow. So okay. he's involved what, in that. One of the really good Cage movies. It was based on the John Williams novel from 1960, shot by David Callego, who I was telling you while we were watching Shot War Pony, which we covered over on the Viva Pod Vegas show for yeah. Riley Keough's directorial debut. This, so yeah. another great movie about the American West. And modern, this, not old timey, but and, modern. Yeah. And this movie is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of shot it in an area where like you just point the camera and yeah. it's an amazing shot, but still like gorgeous. Rotten Tomatoes score as of recording, 74%. Metacritic, oh. 61 So people okay. like this movie. Good. Not a ton of trivia about this. Nicolas Cage obviously shaved his head for the film. We'll talk more about that. It's the first time he's ever been bald in a film, which is oh. very exciting. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, Ty Sheridan and Alex Wolfe were both considered for the role of Will, the lead here, before Gabe Polsky, the director, wanted a younger actor. But Ty Sheridan worked with Cage in Joe, I think. Yeah, that would have been cool. And Alex Wolfe worked with him in... Alex Wolfe is the kid from Hereditary. But what was he in with Cage? I don't know. I, I meant to look this up earlier. I'm trying to. Th- I, sh- I was like, oh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna be able to nail it, right? Like, I'm just gonna know. <laughs> I got total recall, baby. Oh, he was in Pig. Oh That's yeah, right. Pig, Pig. Yeah, but yeah, it does make Great. sense to do like a younger actor. We'll talk more about that actor as we get into the movie. The fifth collaboration between Cage and Xander Berkeley, who was in Kick Ass, The Rock, Leaving Las Vegas, and Seeking Justice. Huh. 
And it has world oh, premiere. Wait, seeking justice. Hunger Hungry Rabbit jumps. jumps. And it has world premiere at TIFF last September, which I think is probably where Lindsay Gibbs saw it. Uh-huh. And it will be supposedly, according to Wikipedia, theatrically released this Friday, October 20th in theaters. Cool. And if it's playing near you, check it out in theaters. Mm-hmm. I would love to rewatch this in theaters with the big screen, with the way this looked. So we talked about this on the Old White episode about mm-hmm. the West and about Yellowstone, about Taylor Sheridan just having like this beautiful land. But like, man, it mm-hmm. is like the American West. Have you been out there personally or no? Uh, no, I have not. Like you've been to Vegas. You've been to like Seattle and stuff uh, in San I've Francisco. I've been to Northern not... California, you uh-huh. know, up tight up by like Ukiah. And there's there's some country up there. But like you haven't there, done but... like Montana no. Colorado, Wyoming, no, and you haven't done like Arizona, New Mexico kind of thing. Uh, oh, not yet. It is so beautiful out there. And like, there's there's the one shot. I mean, like every shot in this movie, we're just like, oh my God. But there's the one shot in this movie where there's like deserty kind of like, not wasteland, but like deserty, like, you know, brown. Mm-hmm. And in the middle, in the front, and in the middle, there's like trees. And in yeah. the back, it's like snowy mountains. Right. You get like all three levels of, uh, of weather basically <laughs> the head of the climate like in one shot it's and gorgeous it, it's crazy and like every shot in here and we're just like like this doesn't feel like it's like a it's not like a 200 million dollar like it's not like scorsese doing killers of the flower moon we're just right. like we have all the money in the world we can make it look like this is just like let's go get someone who knows how to shoot the west out mm-hmm. in the west find beautiful vistas and just go do this thing yeah and let's get some actors that are willing to um like fight the elements because like it seems like a lot of this was really out there in the land. Like they shot this out there, mm-hmm. um, you know, and there's all different kind of weather. So there's the snow and the heat and everything and, and the rain. And uh, these these actors look like they went through it. Like by the end of the movie, you know, some like one of my main complaints about the other Cage Western is that like everyone, everything was so clean. Um, but this isn't at all. Like I, it's much more of like a Deadwood kind of feeling. So the main actors in this, there's four guys who go out there. It's Cage, obviously. He plays a guy named Miller. We've got Fred Hetchinger. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He was in eighth grade. I think he was one of the mm. cool kids that she had a crush on she did not get with. He was also in the Fear Street movies on Netflix. He was in Vox Lux. And he was also oh, in another. Vox Lux. Oh. oh. That movie. And he was also in a movie that we watched for another old-timey Western we did for another podcast recently, News of the World with Tom oh, Hanks. He was Tom in that. Hanks. Um, we already mentioned Xander Berkeley, and the other of the four who goes out there is, well, that's kind of funny, uh, is Jeremy Bob. Uh, Jeremy Bob is the guy from The Nick, one of the leads in The Nick, but <laughs> I want to make sure I get this right. His character is Fred Schneider, but Fred Schneider, I think, is also, yeah, the lead singer of the B-52s. Oh, my gosh. What the So, heck? like, I know that because on three of them, they go, hey, Fred Schneider, what are you doing? And oh, then they okay. play a game like that. So I'm just like, is this character's really name? Like, oh, I mean, it's basically a novel, right? Like, that's like, you yeah, know. Yeah, from, I mean, but, so, it, but it's a real troll Harry Potter situation mm-hmm. where it's like we got mm-hmm. two characters with the name and whatever. <laughs> well, did I tell you? So we we have not covered it for a lottery pod yet, but there is a book called... Speaking of Lottery Pod, if you want me on for any books that were made into Cage movies at any point, let me know. So this guy, Nathaniel West, who I think was like a newspaper reporter in the like 30s. Okay, sounds wrote, familiar. Wrote these two novellas called Miss Lonely Hearts and Day of the Locust. Oh, Miss Lonely. Oh, those both sound very familiar. I think they maybe, maybe both became things, but in Day of the Locust... The main character's name is Homer Simpson. Get the hell out of here. And I'm like, hold on, what? <laughs> that has to have been taken. I don't know, because apparently Matt Groening renamed him like based on some like his oh, dad or family whatever. Family members, right? yeah. But I'm like, it's just, it's Homer Simpson. I'm like, that's amazing. a novel from like the 30s <laughs> or the fantastic. 40s. It's just like, hold on, what? But like, what's terrible is now no one can read that without picturing I know. The, the Homer cartoon character. Which is very funny to do, because like, it's just like a very <laughs> grid, like it's a, it's like a heightened crazy world, but it's also just like, 
you're imagining like people and then just a yellow character, uh, yeah, right? A like, cartoon dude walking around. Um, two other hmm. actors of note in this. We got Rachel Keller as Francine, who's just like the woman who works at the tavern and mm-hmm. she kind of serves drinks and sleeps with dudes if you want. She's Although, very little in this movie. Was was she a prostitute or was she did she actually have a crush on it? Did she, did she fall for? I think it was both. Like, because okay. I at first thought like, she was just working at the bar, but then he goes to the bar that night and she like comes on to him and takes him to the room and stuff. And, and then I was like, oh, is this a freebie kind of situation kind of thing? Because it's she never it's never explicitly stated by anyone but one character that she might be. a mm, Yeah. But no one says she's not. So it's also just like, yeah, I don't want to say this like this, but like. She's a woman in the West. Exactly. I, I mean, I was going to say that next too. It's like and it's that, not like she's a, a, a guy's wife who's like homemaking. She's just like hanging out with the boys at the well, tavern. That's kind of like one thing I liked about this movie more is that like they don't if everything is so kind of casual like that, yep. you know, like and especially with the buffalo hunting, mm-hmm, which we'll get mm-hmm. into, which is like the main point of the film. Like they 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 do it so like just. All over the place, yep. and you know, and it's just like, oh, la-di-da, like, this is what you do. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, they decimated that, yep. those buffs. The other actor I want to mention is Paul, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Racy, R-A-C-I, who plays McDonald. Oh, Old he, McDonald? Old McDonald. He was, I think, the, like, counselor in Sound of Metal. Did you see that Riz Ahmed movie where he loses mm, his hearing? No. He's the metal it. drummer. It's so good. He's really good All in right, it. Check He's it also in The Glimmer Man. Steven Seagal's The Glimmer Man. Oh, I missed that one, too, but intentionally. I mean... All the Steven Seagal movies are the same, but they're all good. They're all exactly what you want it to be, right? Um, but yeah. yeah, so that's, it's basically like, you know, there's four dudes and then there's two people. There's McDonald, Old McDonald who kind of runs like a, like a, a he shop. Run, he runs Butcher's Crossing. Yeah. Yeah. He, which is like the Buffalo Hide dealer. Yeah. Where he like sets out the uh, parties and collects all the hides and pays mm-hmm. the people. So it was, it's set, the movie is set in Kansas in 1874. It was shot in Montana two years ago. We learn at the very end of the movie, after the movie ends, in the closing title cards that of the history of the American bison, where they had like, you know, 300,000 or- Well, they or, had or, millions. No, millions. 60 million. 60 million. Oh, yeah. 60 million. And then two decades later, it became 300. Yes. And then now it's 30,000. Over 100 years later, we're back up to like 30,000. I mean, 300 to 30,000 is 100 times. You know what I mean? But, but 60 million know, to 300. Know, know. That's <laughs> insane. <laughs> but, you know, it's become like this nationally, like it's our national mammal. And the Blackfeet Nation, the people, the indigenous people of the Blackfeet Nation were on set to like help. Like all these bison are like under their protection and care. Yeah. And it seems like they're like, we're going to, because we, the whole movie, we're like, are these CGI? Are they real? Yeah. Like, it's hard to tell because it feels insane mm-hmm. to have this many bison, mm-hmm. but it seems maybe they were real. Yeah. And I love that. Like uh, at first, you know, because so like that's kind of like the, the point of the movie, right? It's like we wiped out this animal, um, endangered them. And so I'm sitting there watching it going like, are there even that many left to shoot with? Yeah. And like some of them had to be real. Some of them I'm sure were CGI, but like it was done so well. Like the trickery was yeah. just like unrecognizable. Um, but like it was kind of shocking um, to see that many on screen Seriously. at once, one way or the other. We yeah. get another. So like, it's not really, I don't know that it really should count, but like the first time we see Cage in this movie, he's on a horse and he says something gruff and just like in passing, right? Just like we just see him mm-hmm. ride by. Mm-hmm. But then after that, like his second appearance, I think really should go down in the like all time great cage introductions to a movie where he's again fully bald mm-hmm. in a big fur coat, yep. smoking a pipe. Yes. And it's like, 
That's a look. And, and I think at one point, I'm not sure if it's that scene. Does he put the glasses on? No, that's later. Okay, that's later. But like, it is a look of like, yes, like it is just such an image and such like a like a good graphic like piece. You know, like everything about it is like such a well formed image. I loved it. Bald, and, bald cage was powerful, man. Like you know, and bushy beard cage too. Yeah, mountain. Like, it's like mountain man cage. Yeah, it's good. I was getting so there's a lot of in the last like 10 or so years, there's been a real trend. I mean, this this movie also reminded me of like Red Dead Redemption and stuff like that. But like there has been a real trend in the last 10 years. We saw it for Keanu. We didn't cover it for Keanu Club, but like Keanu was in cyberpunk, right? Like right. there's been a trend of scanning an actor's body and putting them in a, in a game mm-hmm. and just having them like like um, Norman Reedus was in Death Stranding. There's a bunch of people in. Until Fortnite dawn. And stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's like these, you know, kind of gritty, realistic sort of adventure RPG, whatever, like these like long games where you're just like, I'm playing as Norman Reedus for 60 hours or whatever. <laughs> right. And there's also been mo- games like Horizon Zero Dawn and stuff like that, where it's like kind of westerny, whatever. You know what I mean? It feels like the look Cage was giving was like there should be a video game of this where oh, he's yeah. like bodily scanned and you're just like a Western guy trying to survive <laughs> the winter. Yeah, it's an amazing skin like for that. Uh, I, I almost got also too, he had like a partial like post-apocalypse look sure. for me as sure. well. Like definitely with that shaved head and stuff. But like he's wearing like the most amazing fur coat yep. in this movie too. So like he kind of looks like an animal yep. as well. You're like, what is this? bear man or something like that yeah. like, it's really something it's really good uh what did you think overall of the movie i enjoyed it uh i had no idea what any of it was going to be about like all the buffalo stuff the yep. uh, the harvard boy coming mm-hmm. out and all that kind of thing um uh i like how it basically kind of starts like a conventional western or yep. film in general and we're in the town and everything but then it like gradually gets crazier and crazier and it just feels like it keeps adding and adding until like it finally crescendos at the end you know like it builds and builds and it gets more and more tense and more and more kind of trippy at times and insane i even mentioned several times i was like this is this a horror film is this gonna be a scary but like it's not technically like a scary horror film but like there's not not there are terrible things happening in this movie that are horrifying so like i i quite enjoyed where this thing took me is nowhere near where i was expecting to go with this movie i think so we were talking when you first brought that up that it might it, it feels like a crazy thing to say but bone tomahawk as craig zoller's bone tomahawk that came out you know eight years ago now a long time ago ago. right like what that feels like not that long ago but it was like 2017 or something right 2016 2017 whatever five six years whatever um he did a western that suddenly becomes a horror movie and it was so good that it's like well good luck trying to top that like what Mm -hmm. what do you have to say that he didn't really say yeah he used he used the time period it's like now move on but (laughs) i think like what this does really effectively between the score and the cinematography and just the overall like realism is just like mm-hmm. no living then was a horror movie good point and it's just, excellent point it's just like it's not you know there's not like ghouls there's yeah, not like there's no indi- werewolf there's, there's not people like out to like murder your entire group it's just like you went out for a buffalo hunt a guy kind of went a little crazy stayed out there for too long and you're snowed in for six to eight months like good luck it's yeah just like good. oh now, no now you've got cabin fever and uh you're looking at each other all shifty yeah <laughs> It's a nightmare. It's, one, it's one guy like stops talking. I know. <laughs> like he can only crawl. 
Yeah, what that so like they did the, this movie does an excellent job though of showing how like humans can sort of break down under this situation. Yes. And like at first they're all like we're going to do this and then at the end they're like oh my god, like we're dead. Yeah. Like two of them actually did die. So Right. Well, so so <laughs> there was there was a chance that we're like is everybody going to die? Is no one going to die? And it feels like any possibility. Like you, you figure probably Cage won't die. Mhm. Just because he's caged, although maybe mm-hmm. and you also figure that like the main kid, the character Will, probably won't die because like it's his story, right? So yeah. like if, if one person's rise, it'll probably be him. If two, it'll be him and Cage. Oh, what's his name? Will. So he had the will to survive. Oh, okay. Sorry, boy. <laughs> and that's the episode. Uh, we're not friends anymore. Sorry. Um, no, not that much. It's just I just get out of my house. Um, no, but there's a point like where they they basically make it through most of winter, and you're like, oh, they're all gonna make it, and yeah. then. The uh, guy from the Nick beats the old man to death. So like he doesn't like he survives like the elements. He just you know what poisons him. Yeah, the old the old man. Well, he burns the guy's the old dude's Bible. So the old dude starts like slowly poisoning him with the wolf strychnine. Yep. Uh, but like he said, he didn't give him a lethal dose. Right. And poisoning a man slowly just leads to suspicion. Because we see the guy from the Nick having like brutal dysentery in this movie where like Will is watching him like, just dude, look but away. I think what really helps with this movie is these shots linger like for what Classic might Classic cranberry situation. Might, might, <laughs> for what might seem like an extraordinary amount of time by today's standards, like a shot will go on for more than four seconds, you know? And it, that was one of the shots where it was like, oh, he's not just like taking a dump. Like he's fucked up. Yeah. Like, and that even adds to it where it's like, imagine being out there, stuck out there, and then like- And no toilet paper and like- And then getting sick. It also adds to the point you made, you're like, it probably smells terrible. And like you're, oh, they're, they're outside, which is good, which is, especially in winter, like it's just going to like kill all like germ smells and whatever, but like, yeah, but gross. still gross and there's wind and all that, but- But like wow. they all basically survive the elements and then, you know, because of like revenge and jealousy and yeah, anger and, and whatever, infighting. one murders the other- and then as they're literally on the way back to town, oh, so close. the wagon hitch breaks. And, oh, by the way, spoiler. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll include in the thing, the spoiler. Um, but the wagon hitch breaks and he, Miller, and most of their wares. I think most of, yeah, if not all of it. Tumble off the side of a cliff and they're just like, well. And I was like, are they going to try to say, they don't even try to say it. Just like, they're no. gone. it's gone. Yeah, pretty much. But luckily luckily not sure uh by the time they get back to town they're like is no town there is no town so like i don't know what's better coming into town with nothing at the end there and and realizing like well we weren't going to sell it anyway or like having rode into town with like these shit-eating grins on their faces as heroes and then looking around me like oh damn it well there's also like you know they they basically it's (laughs) I wish I didn't think of this, but it's like the crypto bubble burst. So they're just like, well, we got we got too many we got too many pelts. We don't I, we don't need it anymore. I did that. I don't think you're crazy for saying that at all. I think that is definitely one of the parallels to like modern day with this movie. You know, like the, the way that they just hunted and wasted this buffalo to yep. the point of like there's no more demand for it mm-hmm. is kind of not in the same way, but it's similar to like what goes on nowadays with with shit like um bitcoin or what were those stupid monkey pictures oh the and nfts stuff. and stuff the well, NFTs, it's, it's like it's yeah, like burning like, energy to like have a thing yeah because they are like when right. we left you were giving us four dollars a pelt now you're gonna offer us 10 cents a pelt like no yeah and it just you, and it you missed like, it you could buy an nft for millions and now they're like 40 bucks and mcdonald's is like dude that was last year it's i know like, like which feels In like both not that long ago but also forever right and just like so cage just like spite burns all their wares which just is such a profound bummer given like 
when you mm-hmm. see like the movie opens and closes with like photographs from the actual like eight, mid 1800s and you see like those guys on like a pile of bison skulls and just yeah. like they killed so many and like you know that like a lot happened like this where they're just like well it's not worth it's not worth anything so we'll just burn it and do something else and and they're out there in this movie and they're like we're we're killing more than we can handle here yeah. like you're just doing it to do it at this like right. it's just because you can and well, like because what is he's the greedy point? right, right. Like, he's like i'm going to get make even more money but in the back of his head, the character knows he can't even get all of it back that season. And they're like, they got to hide it. And then, you know, oh, my God. Well, let's talk about the back of that head because, Cage, we've talked about this is something that we did not realize until we talked to Lindsay Gibb on. I don't remember the first episode she's on this, but she was on a handful of times. She wrote the book National Treasure Nicholas Cage. And she's like, have you ever noticed how many times Nicholas Cage shaves in movies? We're like, no, we did not. That's mm-hmm. great insight. Yes. And here, for the first time, he's shaving his head because you're like, oh, he's shaving, but his head. I'm like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, he does it more than once. Mm-hmm. And and it's an amazing looking shot, too. There was one point where we paused the movie uh, and we came back <laughs> and I unpaused the movie. And I didn't think I did because he was shaving his head so slowly. I'm like, this, oh, no, it's just like he's menacingly, mm. contemplatively, whatever, shaving his head. Just like, OK, yeah, I, I think this this director is really does a really good job because you can read these characters without them needing to say a word. Like even the girl from Legion, right? Like you could tell like she needed something, right? Yeah. Like she wanted that guy for something. And like when they're out there, he doesn't, Cage doesn't need to say anything while he's shaving his head. Cause it's all being said in that look like, and the, and the, and the Harvard kid will like halfway through this movie stops talking. Pretty much. And like realizes like he's in way over his head and like you see every in every look on his face, like it's like, what am I doing here? Yep. This isn't right. And then it's like, maybe I can handle this. And then it starts snowing and he's like, oh, no, I've made a completely wrong decision. Like, it's so great how like you like, yeah, the facial acting is amazing. It's also, you know, on the character. So I think what she likes about Will is that he's not one of these asshole old men. Like he's a young, good looking educated boy who comes to town she's like this is something different right mm-hmm. but then you're like he can't even not to read in too far into this but it's also the point he can't even sleep with her like he's too like green right yeah, to like yeah. even like so you're like oh this kid's not gonna survive this hunt yeah and then not only is he not talk but he's like vomiting and shaking and like just can't get mm-hmm. through it and eventually does and seems like like at the end, when we see him riding off, it's just like he's kind of a man now. And it's just like this right. guy, he lived in order, like he lived more of a life in those eight months than we have ever lived. Definitely. And he has nothing to show for it other than like internal growth. But it's also like, was it worth it? And I he's know. like, I saw what I need to see. It's just like, is that worth it? It's like, you didn't see what you should have seen in that bedroom. Uh, well, that's the thing. I remember you saying that it's like, if, if he's not going to do the deed with her, then like, how's he going to muster up the guts to right. like go out there with Cage and the guys and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, by the end of the movie, I think I said to you is like, you know, is he's like, he doesn't care that he he's a virgin because he spent the winter with Cage hunting Buffalo. And like that made him more of a man at this point. So it's wild. Also, speaking of guts, um, oh my god! There's a scene where like they're carving up the buffalo and they're like handing organs to each other, and like yeah. he just gets like the one bison scrot. It's just like oh you're like it's, it's enormous and it's 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 gnarly. And like, look, I I know you don't want to waste any inch of that animal and stuff, and I'm glad that they thought of that. But like that was wild. And then later, I think Cage is just chewing on liver. Like I don't know if that was real, but like he hands 
Will, like another big heaping handful of guts and stuff. And then by the fire, a few scenes later, we just see him like eating and into like raw meat. As the guy from the <laughs> Nick is just like, I'm so tired of bison meat. He's just like, I don't want to eat this anymore. And he's just like, cage like dripping blood just like, like raw bison meat i mean mouth. that's like all you need to know about like how crazed this guy went over the course of winters like i'm gonna eat this raw although i was thinking about that as he's like i'm tired i'm like you try different stuff like just try it raw maybe it's a different flavor maybe it's a different <laughs> i don't know tartar um, can you can you make it into jerky probably not but maybe i also like the i didn't wasn't thinking of this until now but like no one believed the cage character about this you know um flock of bison no uh, flock of seagulls they're not a flock but like you know this bunch of bison. like no one believed herd? the herd that like we go to this place and it's there and they're like oh you've been talking about it for years it's bs it's a fantasy and they get there and like he doesn't really shove it in their face you know what i'm saying he doesn't go like see you everyone's like oh wow yeah. you were right but i think where like the uh, it's mind kind of madness comes from is that is that later it's like he, he doesn't want to leave oh, that because he place. was like I was right and I'm still going to be right about everything yeah and this is mine like I think it's more like I got here I knew this was going to be here and these are mine now so I can't let any of this go to anybody else so I have to shoot everything here and we're not leaving until it's all gone well the guy from the dick is just like dude there's less than two hundred left let's like just let him go and he's yeah. like. You, there's He's still like, 200 left or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. like, there's still more to just like guy. Cause I don't, we didn't really talk about like, but I was thinking, I'm just like, you have like one wagon and you've killed so many Buffalo. Yeah. And another point is like the waste, not the point, Well, the point well, is the waste. Yeah. Like they're not bringing back the entire, like, you know, the whole, like they use every part of the Buffalo, like what, like the then whole no like, bones are coming, but no meat really is coming. It's, it's yeah. just like the pelts and it's just like, well, that's how you have the room, but it's still, you don't have that much space. Yeah. And what are you doing? That screwed them in the end, too, because they packed it up too much. Yeah. It became it too heavy. And snapped they're... the axle. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think we said two or three times, like, they need more wagons. <laughs> you need at least one wagon Or we'll do a second trip or something. I don't know. Oh, man. Could you imagine going back there? But I do. So I like. So the, the movie covers about a year, right? Mm -hmm. And like you were you were pointing out how you like the different like title cards, like the, the different seasons colored in different ways. But like you can see not so, so there's a part where like hmm. there's wet the western land and then it starts snowing and then it's like blizzard. It's just and it's like coated in snow. It's just yeah. like oh it's like that's in a hurry. So like you can see the passage of time like how intense this gets in a hurry. But also even before that like Cage is like out there like monologuing to himself. It's like this guy's losing his mind and like, not that that's not that you have any question that this guy's losing his mind, but like the movie does a really good job of being like, this guy's fucking crazy. I think it does a good job of showing how they all go crazy in a different way because Will's character will like get these flashes in his mind, yeah. but Cage won't. And Cage, it's more written on his face and you can like see it in his action. But Will is more, I feel like he's been more shock at the time. So like, it's, it's cool how they do that for him. And at one point he's like imagining Cage having sex with that woman. And he's like, as like, as like no not as, as buffalo, a buffalo but like he's got he's got, kind he's, of. got he's got the furs on so it looks it makes it look like he's a buffalo yeah um and then just with the guy who got sick it's like much more um it's like a much less like it's much more vocal it's less less cerebral where he's like accusing people mm -hmm. and like really being a, a annoying prick at everybody and like just spouting off in the mouth and stuff and then and then the old old male the old guy with them um, it's just like doing Bible verses in, in the middle of nowhere right. to himself. They're all, cause there's a scene where it's just like, you know, cage, like after it snows, cage goes and looks and comes back to like, how's it look? He's like, well, we'll be able to get through there in six or eight months. And I'm just like, hold on. What? <laughs> cause it, it's the kind of thing where it's like this, 
feels insane. Like I know that like it's they probably knew when they signed on like this could be a possibility, but it's also like that that they had that conversation when they hired the Skinner where he was like, there's no way you're going to be back here in that little amount of time, especially if there's that much out there. He's like, we're definitely staying longer than you said. And he's like, nope, I, I have a system or like we're going to we're going we're get what we need and we'll come back. And sure enough, like they're like, it's time to go. And he's like, there's still five. <laughs> I, I got to get the last two. I almost like, you know, not that they would have said on the cage would have let them go. But if like say the old man and the guy from the Nick, Alexander Berkeley and the guy from the Nick were just like, well, we're going to go. Like if they had a, a second wagon, I think, I think they only have the one wagon. Cause like, that means none of them could leave. Cause Cage would never let them leave with the wagon. Right. So, so it, that's the thing is like, there's so many of these like kind of dead end predicaments in this movie where it's like, you can go if you want to go over if like a walk. Yeah. yeah. Like the mountain from mm-hmm. like Lord of the Rings, you know, that's also frozen. <laughs> yeah. And become part of like the Dahmer party at one point. Like, sure, go ahead. You know, Although, and then, that also would have, no, keep, sorry, keep going. No, keep going. I, I was going to say like when, when that one guy kills Cage's old friend, he's like, I need you, yeah. so I can't kill you. So, right. like, we're gonna have to figure out a way to get through the winter. Because I was wondering, so, you know, like, there's a obviously based on a novel, so I'm sure this is how it largely played out in the novel. But I'm thinking, like, if there's the four, say they do bring two wagons and say the kid and Cage stay and the other two go, it would be there'd be another kind of different kind of irony if they go back and these two are like living large because they were able to sell for four dollars a pelt, right? And then Cage and the kid come back with like a bigger haul, and it's like it's still worth nothing, right? It's like it's like yeah. oh, if you would only listened. It's the same. It's the same ending, but like there would have been a different kind of tinge of like, oh well, they, you know, whatever. I think what's interesting about this story is that like no matter, no matter how it ends, there's that like almost Twilight Zoney kind of like oh Henry thing where it's like oh we got all the stuff, but there's nowhere to sell it, you know, where it's like oh like we accomplished the thing, but like now no one gives a shit, right? Uh, so that would have added more to that almost where it's like oh if we had just if we had just gone turned back when they said like we would have been rich too but now we're like we're even right more like now we also have the mental thing of like well we hate them because they were right <laughs> yeah man i was like i was worried about this movie i think because like again we talked about this a lot on the retirement plan episode that mm-hmm. like we want to be positive cage is almost is cage himself is almost always good in these movies like that's the point but like there comes a time where you watch a movie and you're just like, oh, no. Like, this <laughs> like you want the rest of the movie to be good. And I think having done the last two in a row where it's just like, oh, boy. Like, I like I would not recommend Sympathy for the Devil or The Retirement yeah, Plan. And yeah. just like there's – and this one – this is going to sound like an insult, but I don't I'm, – I'm ultimately leaning toward a compliment. But like, this one, like, hadn't heard anything about – you know, had a premiere a year ago. It hasn't come out. I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is another. And we also got burned by the old way early in the year. I'm just like, this is going to be. Yeah, there was a lot of silence about this And like, one. you know, when they, when they reached out with the screener link, I was just like, this could be, you know, this could be pretty cool. And then I'm like. I know. I'm worried about the movies. And then like it was, it was like, so like, I think this is a really good movie. Yeah. I think it's also benefited from the fact that like we've watched some other kind of lousy cage movies recently. But I also do think that like if this was like the only movie we'd had or like the last two have been good, like I think I still would have really liked this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm just so thankful that like it is good. Yes. I have I have something that I need to say because I feel like I've recently like with the last two movies also just, I finally get the fatigue of like. I don't know about this, right? Like I got to a point where you would color out of space sort of that year, right? Where it was just like cage. I can't take cage just if it's just going to be cage. I need the movie 
to work with him too. Yeah. Right. Like it just can't be him doing his thing as much as I love that. And with the last, with the retirement plan, especially, I was like, I'm, I'm really, now I, I'm really more worried than I've ever been. So for this to be yeah. what it is was so, it made me so happy. And I think, you know, like we were talking earlier, like Gabe Polsky, like he produced Bailey, like he's, he's had yeah. a career, but he's like, he's not a name that I really know. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's just like, this is kind of, sort of maybe proof why cage seems to be able like willing to work because like anything mm-hmm. could become good right it's just right. that like when you work with a guy who like has no track record like sometimes just like well, there's a reason this guy hasn't made any, really made any movies right like and this guy's made other movies but like none that i've seen so it's like i'm not trying to like insult just like oh just you know doesn't mean like a no-name director doesn't necessarily mean a good thing or a bad thing it's just like cage is making six of these a year like he's yeah. got you know five things gonna come out next year too you know what i mean so just like yeah I think he's not going to stop working. And so I think that's probably why he, I mean, obviously he, he just likes working, but also it works sometimes. Yeah. I think that's the thing is like, I like that Cage is willing to sort of give these quote unquote, no name directors, uh, um, like his time yeah. and his energies and, and all that kind of stuff. Because once in a while this can happen, Yes, you know, like, you know, like with Mandy, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, that guy only made one movie before and yep. it was very obtuse and hard to follow. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Cool. Yep. But like, you know, and that put him on the map. And, and so like, yeah, uh, I'm look. I'm going to be, I'm going to be looking for this guy's next movie for sure. Like next time it comes out. Yes. I also think that like on the scale of the different podcasts that we've done, every Tom Cruise movie is like, Oh, this is my favorite movie of the year. Like, cool. Got right. just like, done. Yeah. like that's it's, like, it's like not fair. Cause he makes one movie every like 15 months. And it's like, this is like, he actually is going to outer space or he actually is like falling off a train or whatever. Right. <laughs> Tom Hanks makes a bunch of movies, just like certainly a movie. And then with cage, it's just like, it, it it's all of them. And like, I don't know what I want. Like, I don't know if I want only one movie a year and like, it's going to be pretty good. Cause I think there is something like wild and possibly fun about having a guy who just like i'm gonna make six movies this year just like why just like <laughs> why not it's like all right good point but uh, like yeah. it, it, there is burnout because like we're not doing these online we're doing these in person like it's not like it's just you know it's it's like it's an event when we yeah like, we're yeah like, we get oh, together we're gonna, we're gonna hang out we're gonna watch this together and like when it's not good it's just like it's a uh, bummer it can yeah. bum us out yeah yeah um not that every movie's good but like we want every movie to be good we want caged to be making like good choices or whatever uh, and it, so this it, this you know raises my spirits a little bit. Yeah, I'm de- I'm definitely way on the positive side tonight. But like it's tough for him too. I could imagine because you don't know when your movie's going to come out necessarily, right. and in what order, and what he filmed when, and stuff. I would like what I like to think is like he shot the old way and was like, I don't really like the way that Western came out. It's not the Western I wanted to do. And then this came along. And he's like, okay, now this is what I was yeah. hoping that would be. You know. So I feel like he kind of like. It's not that he picks and chooses, but he's like, oh, this sounds like something that that could work out. And then when it doesn't work out, he's like, all right, well, on to the next thing. And if it sounds similar, we'll try that. It's like, oh, cool. You want I'll do a uh, an alien from outer space and, mm-hmm. and, and it's a predator ripoff. All yep. right, I'll give that a try. Yes. Jiu Jitsu. Wild. Oh, boy. <laughs> I forgot about that movie. I know. See, Joey, it like it's amazing the the scale of his performances and, and his movies. It's like. Mm-hmm. out of control but like so, so i someone think someone should do a podcast about it i think i think ideally what i would like is like a one-in-one situation where it's like i want a theatrical level release something Which along this, this line yeah yeah and then i'll take a one vod like i'll take a sympathy for the devil if i have to you know because because those could be hit or those are truly hit or miss right 
those can be amazing. Well, so I think, so David Ehrlich reviewed this on Letterboxd, and I didn't, also probably for IndieWire, I'm assuming it's a full review on IndieWire, which I did not read, but he didn't give it a great score, but he's like, he said something along the lines of like, it seems like Cage's straight-to-video days are behind him or whatever. I'm just like, no, they're not. No. No, they're not. There's, there's, what are you like, talking about? There's le- there might be less of them because like... But I think I think like between mm-hmm. Pig and then... Well, I think I think just Pig was like, oh, no, this guy can still act. And then... Unbearable, Unbearable weight. Unbearable weight was just like, no, like he's like a movie star again. Yeah. And so it's, it's the kind of thing where it's like, we've talked about a, a lot about how... Getting him in a movie will have your movie made, but now it feels almost like getting him in a movie will get you a theatrical release as theaters are like, we need stuff, right? Oh, that's a good point. And yeah. so as weird as it kind of seems, like he's a bigger movie star than he's been since like National Treasure, like basically, right? Like, yeah. like mid 2000s and then like 08, 09 when he like still is making good movies, but stuff like um, Seeking Justice and what's the one? Oh, shoot. What's the one where it's, he's in New Orleans? Uh, stolen. Stolen. Oh, yeah, Stolen. And like, those the, are straight-to-video yeah. movies, but, like, movies that we both really like. Mm-hmm. But it seems like even though he had, like, some, like, you know, critical indie darlings like Joe, it's like people kind of forgot about him, and then Pink yeah. brought him back, right? Yeah, and yeah so, I think Kick-Ass was pretty much the last time theaters were, like— But even that's, like, not Nick. a Cage movie, no, right? But, like that's, but, yes, I, I agree. But so like, that was, like, part of the marketing was, like, Cage as, like, a yes. Batman kind so of So, like, the 04 to 08-ish is just, like, he's a movie star. And then for, like, a decade or more, he's not. Mm-hmm. And then Pig brings him back. And I think even though as globally and widely we're shifting to streaming only, there's something that's just, like, no, he's he's kind of back. There's kind of something cool about that, too, where it's, like, theaters kind of need him again at this point or, or or like he'll be a draw at this point you know because yeah. there's not as much out there or at least like what's out there isn't fresh because there's um, a thing where like people are like oh tom hanks movie straight to streaming like how which is like well that's just normal now but like yeah. if, if it almost feels like he's just like also like this i'm a i'm a streamer now which is like well why yeah but here, just, that deal I, with apple for that for that boat movie the the uh greyhound no yeah yeah greyhound i think yeah yeah it's yeah. good, but it's just it's, it's it's like I think that's the thing. It's like this is also why like you have to watch everything because it's just like I don't know the director. <laughs> it's another Cage Western. It's maybe like I don't know when it's going to be released. Just like still watch it, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It can be surprising. So this all sounds like wild backhanded compliments, but like overall, I think a net positive. I agree. No, so, I don't. They don't sound like good backhanded me. Anything else you want to say about this movie? Cage movies are the only movies really recently that I've still buy physically like i have like my collection you yep. know so like i haven't really rewatched any of the ones i bought in the last few months like since this year i think yep. but like i'm gonna when i own this i'm gonna watch this again cool. for sure like i'm looking forward to watching this again um if i was still in film school i'd probably study this movie more and that kind of thing mm. yeah because it does a good job of it's like just, it's just really well made yeah and and there's a really strong contrast and delinea- delineation between like seasons, characters, settings, yep. place, yep. time, like yep. all that stuff really works well. And then it gets to a point in the movie where it can it messes with you a little yes. bit, but not in like a cheap way. Like no. it earns all that kind yeah. of stuff. And then it and then when it leaves you, it leaves you like not so much exhausted, but like you get like this sort of sigh of relief when you see the the kid, you know going back to Boston or wherever he's mm-hmm. headed. Maybe he's going back for those uh, extra hides. Who knows? But like, Ooh. I really enjoyed the way the movie built and built and built to the point where it was just like, it had to release at the end like that. Yeah. Like it was very good. 
We'll be back in a few weeks for Dream Scenario. Our plan is to watch that together in theaters the weekend it comes out. So hopefully, you know, early, mid-November, I think, is the target release. So that's another Cage movie this year. Then I think that'll be the final one. We'll also have an Elvis movie that day probably as well. But go to cageclub.me for all of our... We got basically an episode a day on some kind of show. Uh, New Too Fast, Too Forever every Tuesday. Monsters That Made Us is back this month. Third Time The Charm is coming out. Mm -hmm. Every show that won't die. (laughs) Third of every month. Uh, but just go to cageclub.me slash shows, email in mailbag at cageclub.me. And if you're listening all the way to the end, just go see this movie because it's very good and it deserves your support because, yeah. and we're not just saying that because we got a screener, but also no. if you have more screeners out there, please send it our way. Thank please. you very much. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we'll see you next time right here on Cage Club. Cage Club.